Hey, this is Kiran Agrawal from the Sparkling Entrepreneur Show, and today we have Dylan Larson with us. He is the owner and managing broker of Larson Home BLT. Dylan has been recognized by the Denver Metro Association of Realtors as the top producer for multiple years consecutively, and has been featured in numerous real estate magazines. With nine years of experience in real estate, let's welcome our today's guest, Dylan Larson. Dylan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be here. Dylan, let's begin with the interview. My first question to you is about something interesting. Dylan, tell us something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. All right. I don't know how interesting it is, but I'll, I'll shoot for this. Most people are pretty surprised. And I talked to him about what I did for work in my early 20s. I was a wildland firefighter. I worked for the Forest Service in Utah at the UN National Forest. And uh, I really got the job primarily to teach myself like a good work ethic and discipline and structure because it was very kind of like military without being in the military. Um, and so I started working on a with a fire engine and then I worked with the squad and then we transitioned into Hell Attack, which was assisting the helicopter in fire op, uh, fire operations. And then we started the first Hell Repel program in the UN National Forest, which is where you repel out of helicopters to attack wildland fires. So that's that coupled with the skydiving that I've done in the past is probably the two, I think, most interesting things about me that people love. <laughs> and you look like a strong fireman. So that, <laughs> <laughs> so that goes with your personality. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. Uh, so next question, Dylan. Okay. Uh, please tell us, how did you catch the entrepreneurial bug after being a firefighter and all? Uh, how did you become an entrepreneur? What is the story there? Yeah, so I'm 41. And so I saw, you know, the housing market crash of 2008. And during that time, I was in my late 20s, just getting out of college, etc. And I really looked at the state of affairs, you know, in the country, I looked at uh, the, the, the wealth gap. Um, I was concerned about being able to retire, I didn't want to work my entire life. Um, I wanted to have the option to work. And so I met a gentleman about 13 years ago, and he shared with me that he owned uh, 12 houses. And I was like, how do you own 12 houses? Like, that's crazy. And he was like, well, this is how I did it. And I was like, okay, well, now I can go and buy uh, investment properties for, for people and they can go and work nine to five and they can come home and, and pay off my mortgage for me. And uh, so once I started really diving into that uh it really sparked something in me where i was like okay i really want to get into this real estate thing i want to buy houses etc and um i read uh rich dad poor dad uh, which is pretty instrumental in my philosophy and, and work on a daily basis and so i looked at my like I, I, honestly like when i started in my late 20s i was broke i mean i had like i was like six months behind on all of my bills, uh, very little money in the bank account. Um, I really didn't have a career. My credit was terrible. Like I just didn't make good financial decisions in all of my twenties. And so it took about three years. Uh, I learned how to improve my credit score. I um, saved money. Um, I lived in my parents' basement for almost a year to save money. I was working two jobs and I was eating a lot of peanut butter and honey sandwiches. You know, I was like going super, super cheap with my food. And I just kept putting enough money away that eventually, um, it was about 10 years ago, 
that I was able to purchase uh, my first house in Salt Lake City, Utah. And that was probably my proudest moment was being able to work towards uh, that goal. Uh, but that initial conversation with my buddy, who's one of my, my dear friends today about, hey, you know, I own 12 houses and this is what it's going to look like in 30 years. Um, that's what really sparked, I guess, the entrepreneurial bug for me. Mm. So meeting that friend who later become a model and now a dear friend. Yeah, absolutely. And I strongly believe in having great mentors in my corner, you know, like I, I'm not smart enough to like reinvent the wheel or come up with something that's like never been done before. So I just look at really successful people, people that I want to be like, you know, whether it's like emotionally, financially, spiritually, I just kind of look at what they do. And I try to emulate what they've done because they've gotten tangible results. And that just makes it a lot easier than trying to figure it out on my own. Mm -hmm. And uh, question related, relating to the same thought. Uh, so what do you think is the most important personality trait if somebody wants to succeed in real estate or let's say in life? Yeah, I think that's a really, really good question because I think that's one of the biggest questions that people have when they first get into the industry is like, what do I do? You know, you're get, they're getting 20 people telling them 20 different things to try. And there's many, many things that work. You just got to find one or two things that work really well for you. And so for me, the word that comes to mind is decision. Like make a decision. And I believe in today's society, the word decision is, is loosely used. And what I mean by that is like, well, I'm going to make a decision, but I know I can always back out. But if you look at the dictionary definition of decision, it's a very black and white thing. So when I made a decision to do real estate, there was no like, what ifs or, you know, there, of course, there was what ifs and there, there was some fear involved with it. But everything that came up moving forward in terms of uh, obstacles, difficulties, struggles, all those things weren't perceived as negative. They were just things that I needed to learn from, adjust to, and, and, and ultimately uh, become more, more well-rounded as a, as a real estate agent. So if I'm, when I made a decision, it made it so much easier because it was like, there's no question that I'm going to be a successful real estate agent because I'm going to work as hard as I can. I'm going to take suggestions from mentors. I'm going to put in the time and it's, it's there's no question of going back or not. So I, I think for people that are kind of getting into the industry, like you can't really dip your toe into real estate. It's much more complex than I had ever anticipated. There's so many different layers of it. And really a real estate agent is everything. We're accounting, we're marketing, we're new accounts, we're old closed account, uh, uh, nurturing, uh, we're, we're doing our own database, right? We do our own open houses. So, you know, there's a lot of layers to it, but uh, when people make a decision, they move forward, uh, they'll get tangible results if they, you know, tackle it with that approach, I think. So burning down all the bridges behind and taking a firm decision and sticking to that decision is something you value the most. Yep, look forward. You know, the back, uh, looking backwards and looking at our history can be a great uh, lesson. And can be a great teacher if we choose to, but I'm much more believe in, in forward thinking and not like, well, this didn't work in the past. Maybe it's not going to work now. It's like, just move forward, keep going, keep your head up and do your best every single day. I, I firmly believe that if I do my best every single day, like I'll always be taken care of. And that's been true my entire life. I agree with you totally through that. But, uh, <laughs> so next question. Yeah. Tell us, how did you manage to grow your business so far? What are the strategies? Uh, sure. I think that 
for everybody, it's a little different, but works for them. You know, some people are really, really good, like social media. A lot of people are good at making events for people, uh, networking socially. What really helped spur mine, uh, my business was a lot of open houses. So I would host one or two open houses almost every single week for the first couple of years of, of my business. And just meeting people face to face, I think is so important. And that also is true for nurturing uh, old, old leads, you know, turning people that you don't know into friends. And so what I did in the beginning was I just hosted a lot of open houses. I talked and I fumbled and I didn't know what I was saying. And I felt like super nervous a lot, you know, because I was just kind of getting going. But after time, it was like once I get in front of somebody and I could have a conversation about real estate, about strategy, what it looks like to buy, what it looks like to sell what it looks like to do both of those simultaneously. I think the rapport that you're able to build in person is invaluable, you know, because everybody's on their phones, but the phone doesn't necessarily show my true personality, right? Social media and a phone can show you whatever it is that I want you to believe about me. And so it is misleading. And so while it's a great platform to spread the word, it's also very important for people that are looking for a real estate agent to not only just talk to them on the phone, but like sit down have a cup of coffee and make sure you really jive with that person. And that you're like, Hey, if I'm spending half a million bucks. I want to make sure that I'm comfortable uh, with this person. So it was open houses. It was learning how to do social media. I didn't even have Facebook. I didn't have an Instagram when I first started. Uh, so that was a whole new world uh, for me. So trial and error um, and teaching classes. I also taught classes uh, for veterans. Um, and that really helped kind of jumpstart my career. Yeah, yeah. So begin with the open houses and now you do almost everything to bring the word out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So next question. Now, mm -hmm. as everybody is dealing with some level of difficulties in their business, right? What are your difficulties as of now? Yeah, uh, and that's a great question. Um, and I, I think the word difficulty for me is more like not necessarily a difficulty, but like an opportunity to change, um, an opportunity to get better at handling um, obstacles in my path. Um, one of the biggest difficulties I would say is you know, our level of in industry, I, I have a strong desire for the, the competence of our industry to, to increase. You know, so I'm a firm believer in um, the realtor association, the advocacy groups that we have that are working so hard for us. And I also believe that it's really important for, uh, us as real estate agents to understand the contractual obligations for the buyers and for the sellers. And what I mean by that is we have a very long contract. It's something like 26 pages or something. And there's a lot of heavy implications in that contract. And when I'm talking with buyers and sellers about the contract, um, it would be so overwhelming if I was on the other side, right? And so it's really important to me that I understand that contract. And so I, I think that one of the biggest difficulties that I have is, is, is working with other realtors who maybe are just kind of getting started or maybe don't have the level of confidence that they will have uh, when they have more experience because I do see a lot of stuff in contracts, whether I'm on, on the listing side or on the buying side, that have negative heavy implications for their clients. And so that's concerning to me that they're getting that advisement when I try and advise caution with 
with my clients contractually so that they understand the implications of what they're what they're signing there. So I'd say the biggest difficulty is is honestly working with the other person across the table and just making sure that we see eye to eye. I'm advocating for my client, you're advocating for your client. They they want to sell their house, they want to buy their house. Let's work together to make sure that we're doing our the best job that we can for our client. Yes, yes, understood. I get that. I totally get that the kind of difficulty you are facing. And I hope there are less of it because I can't say there are none of it. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, let's go, let's move on to the next question. What is okay. your growth plan for you for this year? Where do you see yourself by the end of this year? Any plans for this year? Um, sure. Uh, my, my biggest plan, I, so I kind of got two businesses. I've got Larson Home Realty, you know, which is my brokerage. Uh, that's what kind of, you know, pays the bills. Uh, and then I've got uh, my investment portfolio as well. And um, my goal for this year is to kind of finish a lifelong goal that I've had in terms of ownership of, of properties. And so I'll answer it in two, two ways. The first is with Larson Home Realty. Um, and within my brokerage, my goal for this year is to just develop a level of competence within the organization that manifests itself in the public. So when the, when the public's getting represented by me and my agents, uh, we're representing the realtor association that we belong to, and we're representing the advocacy groups that work so hard for us. Um, in terms of my personal investment portfolio, you know, I currently own eight houses. I've got my I've got my primary residence, and I have seven investment properties in multiple states. I'm selling one, and then I'm buying three more, so I'll net out at ten. And so I'm about six months probably away from accomplishing that goal. And that's been my goal for about a decade was to get 10 houses. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm literally months away from, from being able to do that. And I'll kind of uh, parlay that question into, uh, I believe, another question that you can ask down in, here in a minute. Um, so those are my, I would say, goals for um, the two separate uh, entities. Okay, okay. So different goals for personal finance and different goals for company finance. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Uh, since most of home buying and selling process has begun to go online, right? People are searching for homes on Google. They're searching for agents on Zillow and so many other things. What are your ways of taking advantage of this online era? Yeah, absolutely. I think online presence is very important. You know, when you can sit down with somebody like we talked about, I think that that builds the most amount of rapport as opposed to how people look online because you can make yourself look however you want to online. Let's be honest. Um, I can make myself look 10 years younger if I want to. <laughs> so, well, you don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, so I would say like um, what I what I have done, what I've seen has worked pretty well is just kind of having consistency, showing people two things. The first is like that I'm a person, that I have activities that I enjoy, that I have values, that I, I, I care about my family, I care about my dog, um, I care about my, my personal well-being, both health and emotional and spiritual, and then, and then showing those snippets of the professional world as well, and showing the successes that I've had, but also the struggles that I've had. You know, we're so quick to show how well we're doing. And I think that that's what we see in social media all the time is like how well everybody's doing. But like, 
In actuality, in life, we learn so much more from our failures than we do from our successes. Because typically our successes come very easily and it's part of our personality characteristics. It's what we do with our challenges that I think really define us more as a human. So like sharing the struggles of real estate, struggles of life, that kind of stuff. I believe that that really opens up and, and creates that kind of personable approach to somebody where it kind of humanizes uh, the individual. So for social media, it's about being present. Basically, if you can click, uh, you know, if you can, if you got a tablet, you got a phone, you have a computer, you click, you, you uh, search my name, you, you'll find me in basically every arena. And I think that that's really important for an online uh, presence to kind of hopefully funnel in individuals that are curious about buying and selling. And then once they can meet with me, then they can decide whether I'm a good fit for them or not. Yes, yes. So you know that there is a race to build a brand online by for almost all the real estate agents, but you are one among them. You are in the race and yeah. not left behind. Good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so next question, let's say you had $10,000 extra on your budget right now. Dylan, where would you like to spend it and what is the reason? Probably go back to Mexico. I was there about two weeks ago, so I'd probably just give myself a bonus from last year. Uh, <laughs> um, honestly, if I had $10,000 more for my budget, I'd probably put it into my personal goals of buying um, the houses. Um, I honestly don't spend hardly any money in marketing or advertising. I have very little uh, overhead. You know, that's one of the beautiful things about being an entrepreneur in real estate is if you want to have a big brokerage and you want to have a bunch of people working underneath you, like maybe you've got a lot of overhead. But one of the beauties about this industry is that you can have this amazing business and you don't have to have a lot of overhead. So honestly, like if I had 10 extra grand right now, I'd probably put it into investment properties because my return on investment properties far outweighs and is way better than anything that I would get, you know, sending out flyers or anything like that in real estate. So investment properties it is. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Cover the closing costs for one house. <laughs> <laughs> got it got it that's what i use it for yes uh so now tell us what is your favorite quotation dylan what is your favorite quote uh the quote that keeps you going yeah that's a great question uh i would say probably two of them rich, rich dad poor dad this line has always stuck with me like i read the book but only like a little bit of it stuck with me but like the key points did and in there, he says that the definition of wealth is not how much money you have in the bank account, what car you drive, what home you live in. The definition of wealth is if you stop working right now, do you have more money coming in than you have going out? And what I mean by that is like, okay, I have X amount of bills on a monthly basis. How much money do I need to have coming in from multiple different sources to have more money coming in than I have going out. Mm. And so I really like that because it's not like, there's not a number, like a million is a million is wealthy, 10 million is wealthy. It's like, if my lifestyle is conducive to having a thousand dollars more per month coming in than going out and I can live the lifestyle that I've always dreamed of, then that's my number, mm. right? And nobody can say that's too low or that's too high. And so I, I love that quote is that that's the definition of wealth. And that's what I've really been working towards the last 10 years. Um, and then I would say another quote that I really like on a personal level is love or fear. 
are my decisions on a daily basis coming from a place of love or my decisions on a daily basis coming from a place of fear? If I am making decisions on a daily basis and considering how they are impacting other people and whether it is coming from a place of love and understanding and compassion, more than likely I'm going to create an environment around me that's going to be conducive to emotional and spiritual well-being. If I am making decisions based upon fear, I am more likely making decisions based upon anxiety, expectations, things I feel like I earned but I didn't get, things that I'm going to lose that I am entitled to, and I'm more likely to create an environment that's not conducive for long-term emotional well-being, long-term spiritual well-being, if that's that's what you're kind of looking for. So I'd say those two quotes are, are pretty impactful uh, to me on a regular basis. So if I were to summarize this, work towards being wealthy and not towards being rich. And the second quote is uh, love over fear. So love or fear. Just, yeah. Love or fear. <laughs> always love. Let's choose love always. I like that better. I like that better. <laughs> <laughs> so last question. Dylan, if you were to ever write a book about yourself, your story, your journey, what would be the name of the book? That's a tough one. Um, I'd probably honestly say like perseverance, something along the lines. I don't know exactly what it would be titled, but something along the lines of perseverance. Um, I've had big obstacles in my life personally that really hindered my financial and my physical well-being. Um, that were very devastating to me in my 20s. And um, I'm very fortunate to have such a great team around me, great family, et cetera. And I was able to persevere through those difficulties uh, with the help and the support of, of people around me. And then really once I hit about 30 and those things had been overcome, I mean, 30 to 41 has been absolutely amazing. And so something along the lines of perseverance and then also like, like hope, because like at the end of the day, like if, if I have hope, then it doesn't matter what happens around me because it's all part of the, whatever happens around me is all part of the process. And you look at, when I look at like society today and people who are, are, are don't have the type of resources that are not born into money. Um, that are struggling on a daily basis and their environment is really negative. If you give those people hope, right? Like a way out, it's amazing what can happen. I mean, some of our greatest teachers and the greatest people that we have today on this earth who are greatest, who are wonderful, they came from really, really tough upbringings. So imagine, imagine how beautiful our existence would be in this world if we gave all these children an opportunity and hope that they have a way out of their present situation. Imagine how many more cures for cancer we would have. Um, you know, all sorts of social issues I think could be solved by giving everybody more hope. And I think that there's a way that we can get there, but it's going to take big upheavals and big changes to the big system. Yes, yes. I know that was a long answer to a, a short question. <laughs> Uh, so we can make something out of it, but right now it's difficult to think for you and it's difficult to think for me, but the, the way the book would be written, I understand the way it would be written and I look forward, let's say for the book hope, 
by Dylan Larson. <laughs> there you go. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So, where can the listeners find you, Dylan? Are you available on Instagram, Facebook? Please tell us about your handles. Yeah, sure. Uh, you can find me on uh, Facebook, Larson Home Realty, or my personal page is just Dylan Larson. Also, Instagram is uh, Dylan Larson. I'm the first Dylan Larson that pops up because there's not a lot of Dylan Larsons, which makes it really easy. Uh, if you want to check out any of my reviews online, just Google my name, Realtor in Denver, and it's going to come up. You can read a bunch of reviews online with Zillow, et cetera. Um, and I'm always available on my website, which is www.larsonhomerealty.com. And you can email me, dlarson with an O, homerealty at gmail.com. So that was Dylan Larson. Thank you so much for sharing your handles. And thank you so much for being on the show, Dylan, again. Thank you. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much again. I appreciate your time too. And that was today's episode of the Sparkling Entrepreneur Show. Today we, today we had Dylan Larson with us. I am your host Kiran Agrahar signing off. You guys have a wonderful day. Bye guys.